Curious, competitive, compassionate. Salespeople are drawn to their careers in much the same way musicians are drawn to music. Once you've learned the language of sales, the beauty is in your ability to personally interpret what you've learned to suit your personality, your interest, and your skill. My name is Roger Burnett, and this is the So You're in Sales podcast, where we consider ways to grow as people as we advance in our careers and learn firsthand from those ahead of us on the path to accelerate our journey. I'm lucky to get to talk every two weeks with entrepreneurs, business owners, thought leaders, authors, and people of all walks of life, each with a unique story to share and a look at their lessons along the way. Prepare to be educated, informed, entertained, and inspired. This is the So You're in Sales podcast. The So You're in Sales podcast is sponsored by Social Good Promotions. Social Good Promotions was founded on the premise that any business can stand out from their competition when they are doing things they really believe in. True success these days is measured by the ways your employees feel about working for you and the ways your business is making the community a better place. Ultimately, it's about the ways you and your business will be remembered. If you're looking to grow your sales revenue while activating social good at the same time, we'll be your favorite marketing partner ever. Book a meeting with us at socialgoodpromotions.com, follow us on Instagram at sogoodpromo, and let's get connected. We've done great work using our unique and effective strategy, let us show you how. Now, on with the show. Working in the promotional products industry for 10 plus years has given me the opportunity to have some really strong friendships with supplier salespeople, the people that I turn to when customers are looking for new ideas the people I turn to when perhaps an order isn't going exactly as planned, and people that generally are just there to uh, learn more about what it is that you do and try to make you more successful. I'm sure all of you have similar relationships and rely on people like that in order to help you be the most successful version of yourself possible. Imagine if all of those people that you knew suddenly were out of a job. That's largely what's happened in our space, and there are many people on the supplier side of our transaction without work, without a job, without pay, without benefits, and are trying to decide what it is that they should do with their lives. I decided that it would be a good opportunity for me to bring on a few of my friends from that side of the transaction to allow them to share with you what they've been going through, the ways that they've approached what it is that they're going to try to Uh, do now that things have changed and their perspectives on the process. I think it was a really valuable conversation. And for anyone out there who may be struggling with what the way forward might be for you in your own career, I think you might find a nugget or two in this particular interview. So give it a listen. I said this to you in text, but I will say it to you in person-ish now. I wrote that with all of you in mind, literally the three of you in mind, because The beauty of the industry is the formation of friendships that you have and the ways that they foment. And like, I have friends that are in a Facebook group that are industry friends, but we we have this text thing that we've had going on for years that's really based on our love of music. Mm -hmm. And it's been one of the longest threaded conversations I've participated in in my adult life. I think it's hilarious (laughs) that we've kept it going for all of these years. And oftentimes... I get recommendations on music and all kinds of stuff in that forum. And I find it very valuable. And I think 
we've deepened our friendships, even though we're not physically with one another, by virtue of the just the constant, near constant communication that goes on in that group. So to watch what's gone on on the supplier salesperson side of things for me oftentimes is framed within the context of what you guys talk about to us in that text thread and to watch how the devastation of what COVID has created on the supplier sales side of things to me is literally heartbreaking. And it was on the industry insider podcast. It's a promo, another promo journal thing. That's uh, uh, Steve McFadden and um, Jeff Franklin and Meg Erber. And they brought me on to talk about promo cares, but what I wanted them to all recognize before we got into the inspiration side of things was this is an enormously sad time for our industry. And for us to not like to just pretend like it isn't would be so tone deaf, you know, because we're trying to put a good face on stuff, but I mean, people are faced with like the, in some instances, the biggest challenges of their lifetime right now. And the thing that I thought was interesting for all of us, and I'm in the same boat for the most part, I might, I'm a few years younger for the most part than the average age of the group, but we're all at this stage of our career. We're, we're supposed to be seeing the finish line, right? This is supposed to be that time where you're like, all right, I'm not saying I'm there yet, but now at least it can be start being part of the conversation is maybe you're talking to a financial planner about what the end of your career will look like, those kinds of things to then have this kind of car crash happen for us at our age where like probably a little too old, right. To like have this not be something to be concerning, but not so old as some of our counterparts who might just say, you know what the hell with it. I was close enough to get in there anyway. I'm just, I'm done. Right. I should have, I should have gotten some tissues or something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and so, I mean, this is why I wanted to bring you guys on because I've, I've witnessed what you've talked about, but now this is the chance to kind of you guys to say, like, how, how'd you deal with it? Like, how, how did you go through this process of, okay, this is hitting the rocks in a major way. What, what now? Uh, I will let Mr. Schaefer start. So uh, certainly been a challenging few years, let alone COVID, but uh, for me, Um, I've been the victim of uh, mergers and acquisitions and all kinds of things from 2014 on. So it's not been the easiest road. Um, that said, you know, all throughout this whole thing, crazy enough, um, I, like many millions of Americans, uh, used to be on anti-anxiety medication and, uh, about uh, seven, eight years ago, I I went off of it, not even that long ago. Um, but I, I started to, uh, kind of maintain a much more positive attitude. And frankly, that's not a, a shift that happens overnight, but I think uh, maybe being on those meds for a couple of years kind of helped settle me down and get my thought process right. So it was the right time to come off. So this all happened, you know, right? I started weaning off these meds just as part, around the first acquisition that I was a part of. And uh, all that to say is it's very easy to, you know, back up and go back into the doldrums and let your head get away from you. But I've somehow learned to maintain a positive attitude through it all. And, uh, you know, being part of a mega company as I was uh, going back over a year ago now um, was certainly eye-opening in many ways. And it made me long for the days of getting back into the smaller size businesses and where I can actually make a decision and see the um, results 
of, of, of my decision-making process in play rather than make an opinion, make an offer, make a suggestion and hope that it gets adopted many, many months down the line. Yeah. Um, so kind of getting back into controlling my own destiny has been almost a blessing in disguise. Um, it's, it's, I'm in the right mindset for it. Um, it's been an evolution for me personally. And uh, I don't know that I asked for COVID to happen, but I think I was mentally prepared better now than I would have been 10 years ago, despite the fact that I'm less than a year away from middle age, 50. Uh, so my head is in a good place to kind of handle this. And uh, I'm taking that positivity and running with it. You know, on top of that, I have kids that are all in their teens. My, my oldest will be 20 um, next year. And they can sense much better now at this age what's going on with mom and dad. So you really want to make sure that you're believing that you're in a positive space as opposed to just acting like you're in a positive space. And I think that really helps, you know, keep the family together and moving in the right direction and not scaring them too much. So it's really a new mindset for me that I've kind of developed over the past five, six years. And I'm, 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 I think I'm mentally equipped to handle it where we are right now. Oh, it's so good to hear, man. It's uh, sometimes the moment finds you, right? Instead of you finding your way to whatever that moment's going to be. So, Mr. Hill, you're, you're right here in the center of this triumvirate. What say you on this piece of the discussion? Well, I have to agree with Mr. Schaefer that it is a mindset. It's a, a positive mindset of yourself and also the people you surround yourself with because a few years ago too I was not necessarily in a, in a good place if this had happened I think I'd be I would have handled it a lot differently where with our friendship and our text thread that we have going and Michelle and her father we were able to you know not freak out but look at it in such a way of what's the opportunity instead of just you know wallowing in in the fear which oh definitely I'm saying I had that too but instead of you know wallowing in it it, it helped me get through it. And it, it's interesting, this group here, we're all, it happened to us in a different way. With me, it happened right when the shutdown happened, bam, Evans let me go immediately. So it was like ripping the Band-Aid off. And I know with some of y'all, it was a little different where you, you still had a job, but you got a pay cut and you're supposed to be doing this. You don't know. It was just drawn out and more painful. And Roger, with you having your own business on the distributor side, your business dries up. What do you sell now? I mean, we, we're, it's a good group here, I think, for us to be able to talk about it and how we did it in different ways. Um, and I liken it through going through the, the stages of grief. It's, it's mourning. You know, you go through the, the denial and the shock and the anger and the, the depression and the bargaining and then acceptance. And, we're, and, and there's no right or wrong way to do it. There's different ways for sure, but there's no right or wrong way. Everybody goes through it differently. And I think I processed it faster for, for whatever reason to see, you know, like I said, with, with Michelle and her father and, and y'all, like, what, what are we going to do? Do we wait around to see what happens? Do we, or we just take action? And, you know, between that and also a lot of, a lot of prayer, you just come up with what you feel is the best for you. And, and like you said, Roger, it's, <laughs> most of us are starting over in a different way or, or whatever. So it's, it's not the end of the line. We just extended the race. Dan? Yes. Age, say what you want, comes into play here for sure. Um, you know, depending on where, where you are. I, um, 
Similar to Timmy, actually, I was surprised when I got uh, let go on March 23rd, which was pretty early in the process as well. Although I, there was some handwriting on the wall, so it wasn't a complete surprise, but it's, it's sort of like, can I say like the, the, the sort of like the passing of, of a sick person, you know, yeah. you, it's, it's always a surprise. And even, even if you halfway expect it, it's, it, it seems to be a surprise. So um, when that happened to me, it was definitely a very surreal time. I, that's, that's the word that always comes to mind when I mm-hmm. think about that week, because, you know, I didn't expect that. And then we had this brand new COVID thing that really nobody knew what to do with at that time back in March. So, um, it was just very strange. Plus, I happened to have the difficulties uh, of having a few, shall we say, loose contractual um, uh, ends with my uh, with my previous employer, and, and those were up in the air. And until such a time that I knew they were that I, I felt comfortable they were going to perform their obligations, I also had that hanging over my head. So it was it was a tough week or two for sure. But once I did get those assurances. Uh, it really was like a relief. It was like, it was a sense of peace came over me knowing that I was going to, you know, be okay. And, um, you know, I, I could chart my own path. And, uh, so, you know, I, um, you know, I've become, I, I'm using a term, I've become the, the incidental entrepreneur again, Uh Uh, you know, I, I did this back when I was 29 years old and I started my first business, um, if you would have told me when I was in college, you know, you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're going to have two different businesses, you're going to have your own business for 25 years, you know, um, I wouldn't have believed you. But that's exactly what happened. And circumstances back in 1992 were such that I said, hey, I can do this better myself. And I created this this uh, multi-line rep agency and ran that till, till the time I took this job, you know, with the umbrella company. And uh, so anyway, here I am again, you know. And so for me, it went from surreal to almost a sense of peace. And then I said to myself, okay, you know what? We have this new normal or whatever these buzzwords people were using. It's go time. It's time to, you know, to really kind of figure this out. What I started doing was just calling into my network uh, of associates over the last, whatever, 30 years. And during one of these conversations, an idea was spawned and that led to another idea and another idea. And eventually, you know, it kind of coagulated in my mind and I had something. And then I started polling people and, you know, uh, I committed to this, and, and here we go again. The incidental entrepreneur. I'm <laughs> again. And the title uh, so, for a podcast: Incidental Entrepreneur. Uh, I will. Before we move on, Roger, I will say, you know, I, 40, 47 years on this earth, going back a couple of years, and never being laid off once, and then for it to happen twice in a year, you know, certainly led to a lot of uh, a lot of moments where I'm questioning my worth. And uh, you know, of course, I even to this day, I still go back and forth with this in my head. Is it me? It can't be me. Is it me? It can't be me. Is it me? You know, so that's a, a daily battle. Oh, yeah. not even daily as much as it was initially when this happened back on the, yeah, no, that, that, which by the way, was a horrible April fool's day, you know, but yeah. uh, you know, you, you're just constantly volleying this thought in your head back and forth and uh, you just do what you can, to shift it, you know, and I think that's what puts us all here, but finding opportunity in these uh, really horrific situations is what keeps us moving forward. The, the, the crashed rocks often give birth to, you know, really amazing things. And, um, you know, for our business, even though it's 
young, a young business that we had to look at as an infant and say, can we nurture this child through this incredibly difficult period? But when this all happened and we were able to triage our baby patient and realize that she was going to be fine, all I did was double down on myself. And I've worked so hard in this particular time when most other people were not really knowing how or what to do. I was doing exactly what I thought I should be doing in order to grow the trust level for my business with other business people. And I knew that if I could dedicate my time to growing that trust and be successful with it, that money will turn back on eventually. So can I elevate social good promotions image in people's minds so that by the time they get to start spending money again, now I'm looked at as one of the partners that they would want to do that with. But we're all, we're all like, I know the kind of people we are. And it, like, I know for myself, it was, I needed to go through a checklist. You know, does, does this business speak to my why? Yes. Do I get up every day excited to do what it is I'm doing? Definitely. Do I feel like the work that we're doing is making an impact consistent with what our brand message is? 1000% yes. So I had all the confidence to continue. What, what, what criterion did you guys try to cobble together to use for decision-making on what you were going to do next? When I was going through, you know, as, as I think all of us, all we've known is promotional products. You know, maybe not you as much, Roger, because you had the copier sales. But, I mean, for the vast majority of the past decade or more, you've been in promo. Brett, you were born into it with your dad. I mean, we, that's all I've known. So when I started doing the, the checklist and the, the soul-searching and the praying – I was getting a, a definite, well, maybe you should look at something other than promo. And I was like, well, no, I, I don't know anything else other than promo. And that freaked me out and scared me. And I had a lot of anguish in myself. And then finally I said, well, okay, fine, fine. I'll maybe look outside promo and, but I'll, I'll make it a valiant effort so that I, you know, could say that I did that. The minute I made that decision, like you said, Dan, a piece came over me. He's like, oh, okay. So maybe there is something else out there. Within a day or so, the opportunity with, with Doug at Turnkey Podcasting came along. And they're expanding and, and the podcasting is an emerging market. I talked to him. And so I started pursuing that. And it still, you know, it was, it was exciting. I didn't, you know, it gave me something to do instead of wallow with uh, when all my friends were, you know, everything kept, dominoes kept falling. It gave me something to do that was positive. But, but it was a whole new learning process as well. But it did make me have something to get up with in the morning. And then we also you know, launched our coffee podcast. Uh, Michelle and I host the coffee podcast, so it gave us time to do that, which does make me happy as well because we do the, you know, we look for roasters who have a social give back. And that, I want to get their message out there as, as well. So uh, th- those criteria and those battles that we had, you know, it did. It's important to go through that so that when you do decide whatever we're doing, it, it makes us get up in the morning instead of not getting up or laying around, starting your day at noon, you know, that, which I did that for a few weeks, you know, but it's just a process that we all have to go through. I'll tell you, I honestly don't, I feel like I've been busier during COVID than I have in a long time because we're trying to create something brand new that hasn't existed before. So there's been an awful lot of thought that I want to say that one of the best things that happened to me during this process was 
the uh, the amount and of of conversation that I had w- with my network, I decided to just start individually calling people uh, to check in on them. Right? I mean, how are you? How has this affected you? What does this mean for your business, your employees, your family? Is everybody healthy? You know, throw in the the oh by the way, I, I got I got fired myself. Uh, you know, planting some seeds is what I was what I was doing all along. Um, but I'm I'm actually making the suggestion. I or I, I say to myself now, I wish I had been doing that throughout my career, because gosh, just the the nuggets of wisdom that came out of all of those every single one of those conversations, I got something incredibly value valuable out of and i i didn't go into it with that in mind right uh, but that's 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 what happened and I, I would actually make that recommendation to everybody to you know what take the time weekly to to call call your network and just see what's happening man just kind of uh see what, in fact one of those conversations it was the the idea was actually suggested to me for what I'm doing. He just said, you know, this may be with with the travel apprehensions and uh, you know this everybody's using the word new normal and all this stuff. He, was, he said this may be an opportunity for you to come up with something that that can redefine the sales channel in promotional products between suppliers and distributors and. You know, so okay, that sounds like a lofty, uh, lofty suggestion, but um, you know, we we worked it, we worked it all the way through, and I and I came up with something, and 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 thankfully, I now have you know a partner in crime in Brett, and I, I did not want to do this completely on my own. I needed somebody that who I trusted and uh, to you know kind of bounce things off of, and uh, it's just been you know a really good situation to have to have a guy of, of his experience uh, along for the ride now. Uh, I, I'll recall Tim checking my math when I said it was a one plus one equals three equation. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I stand by my bad math that I do believe that the two of you together are better than your individual parts. And it's going to be super fun to watch what happens. The manifestations and the transformations, that was really a big part of why I thought it would be fun to have you three specifically on because... Tim and what you've done is completely stepped out of the space 100%. And then you two knuckleheads are trying to, again, cut a a path through a rainforest. So um, those transformations are interesting to me. So, so talk about soapbox, tell people, tell the people what it is that you're up to and why you thought it was something that needed to be. So soapbox, uh, basically what we are going to do is uh, what I've been doing my entire career which is in promo, which is making connections. That's what I did. And when I had my own sales agency, I looked for great suppliers. I found fantastic distributor salespeople and I put them together. I said, you need to meet this person. It's a good, it's a good fit. And that's how I built my whole career. We're doing the same thing now, but we're taking into account, obviously, the travel apprehensions and everything else. So we're, we're building a platform. Uh, it should be done in about three to four weeks where um, suppliers uh, and distributors can get together and do 20-minute virtual presentations uh, on, a, on a regularly scheduled basis throughout the year and continue the opportunity to see new products, to see what's new, to see what's happening. It's, it's a little like, for the distributors, it's a little like a rep coming to visit you once a month uh, and showing you three or four great lines. 
And while that's a great new idea, the difference is what we're, we're building into this cake is project-oriented deep dive conversation. That's kind of what we're, we're looking to do in 20-minute increments and in a consistent way throughout the entire year. That's what Soapbox is, uh, is going to be. What, do you, what did I miss, Brett? No, not much. I, you know, just further further to the concept. Well, the concept is is pretty sound. You and you've already covered that. But uh, Dan and I have found a really great partnership. You know, I've been I've been in the business. You, you know, you mentioned that I was I was actually born into it, and I I was. But like any good teenager, I didn't do it initially. Um, I went on my separate way, and I was actually in the public sector. And fortunately for me, I've learned this business from the ground up on the supplier side, at the very least. I haven't spent any time on the distributor side. But running a family business or working with your family in a business, I've done everything from clean bathrooms to ink up presses to, to mixing inks to doing the IT responsibilities. So I and, and on top of that, learning sales all along. So I have a heavy hand on the operations side, which is a great compliment to what Dan does. Dan's uh, got a passion for the sales side, and I do too. It's ingrained in me. But I'm definitely a little more skilled on the ops side. So we've got we found this really great partnership together to help build this platform out. And uh, um, I think it's going to be a really fantastic solution for uh, both suppliers and distributors in our industry going forward. Uh, we have yet to see what post-COVID life is going to look like. And frankly, I think a lot of uh, a lot of sales teams are going to find the virtual world to be quite rewarding, and uh, both financially and for their time. So I don't expect a full full-fledged sales force looking like it used to look six months ago to be back for any in any time soon and who knows if it ever will so i think uh, our platform is going to provide a really fantastic resource for the new sales model in this industry people that are listening to this that are not specifically from our space but are also in the business of selling the thing that is pertinent here is to recognize that the historical model for salespeople to follow has been broken for a while. Most sales organizations didn't want to face the truth because that would require a complete dismantling of the organization and a reimagining of the way that we as people who need to share information with potential consumers that would buy our products, they know more about our product than we do most of the time because the entire world is telling you what you need to know about almost everything. And if you think as the business that you're going to somehow change whatever narrative is being said about you in the marketplace, you're wrong. Now is the time for sales organizations to be thinking about what does my salesperson's responsibility really represent these days? And I would tell you it's becoming a trusted advisor. I think across the board in our industry and really in sales in general, if you're not really tearing it apart right now, you're probably going to get lapped by some people when this thing gets chugging again. Tim, I never, when you said, this is what I'm doing now, I was so knocked over smiling because <laughs> as someone who has done a podcast for three plus years, it took you and your people all of like 15 minutes to tell me seven things I was doing wrong. <laughs> So, so thank you for that. And like, so talk about it. What, what's it like? What's well, two things, two things, because you say you're right. I did take the huge leap, the scary leap and step out of the, the promo space and take the leap of faith and trust that something good would happen. And at turnkey Pro, uh, podcast, they are fantastic. What they do 
is the total flexibility of whatever you want your podcast to be from concept to launch and the coaching, the little things that, you know, like you mentioned, the, the, the seven things you weren't necessarily doing them wrong. You just didn't know about them or you're, you know, it's the little nuances that, that make the podcasting, you know, successful to, to whatever you're doing, whatever niche you're in or whatever channel um, that you're in. And we can just do the production services if you already have one like you did or whatever. But Roger, you don't even know that your timing for this, I thought was, was phenomenal because you don't even know what I've been doing the past few weeks is even though I stepped out and I totally agree with, with that coming back in, I have found a way or the way found me to come back into promo world with podcasting. I have uh, talked to several suppliers and they're, they're on the, they want to be the trailblazers and do it first. And basically what it is, is like Brett and, and Dan said, and you going to market is going to be totally different. You have to do it. There's not going to be the trade shows like they used to be. There's not going to be in office visits. So you can use podcasting for that channel. If you're doing a YouTube line presentation, you can do that for a Facebook Live or whatever, and then you can strip the audio out of that, edit it, add to it, and then put it into a podcast format so anybody can listen to it on demand whenever they're doing it. Um, or you could do an interview with a distributor and a supplier of how to sell healthcare, and that's the focus of that episode, or how to sell car dealerships or, or whatever, and then put that on a schedule and get to the market you want to get, the distributor's, um, and I think distributors could do it too. They could do it, have it designed for their customers as well. So it's just another way to use the the virtual, you know, COVID situation to get to market by a different channel. Yeah, um, totally. You, you know, I, I give a presentation that literally is titled Podcasting for Business Development. And it, as three years in, 14,000 listens of the show has given me the perspective to be able to see how by attracting the right kind of client into your guest chair Mm -hmm. and, and giving them some magic, people have a tendency to stick around once they've gotten a chance to sort of get exposed to what we're capable of doing. So by using that, and then the other piece of that that is um, incredibly valuable that I've found is inviting people on the show so that they can talk about the why behind their business and then letting them have that podcast as a piece of content that they now can go use in their marketing for their own organization. So very, very similar to what you're talking about, Tim, you know, just bringing it back into the space where you have relationships with people that you already know and recognizing that there's this complete change in condition in the way that knowledge transfer is going to have to occur. Exactly. I applaud you, sir. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And it's, I mean, it's exciting now that I can, you know, be with y'all again and be with my friends and the people I know. There's people out there who maybe are on furlough, maybe are still collecting unemployment, maybe they're on uh, reduced hours, but they still have a job and benefits and things like that, but it's not optimal. There's a lot of people out there right now who are in suboptimal condition. So yep. knowing that, what would be each of your advice that you would want? Well, I'll, I'll go first and, and because I've already said it. And basically what, what I am going to suggest is what we, talk, what we were talking about earlier. Take the time to reach out to important people within your network. Um, have the conversations. You, you don't know 
what you don't know. You don't know what what will come out of those conversations, right? So I would start the same kind of conversation uh, in a general general sense and and just end up going down these little rabbit holes with people and uh, really got concrete stuff out of virtually every conversation I had. So that would be my advice. Now, you know, uh, for, for me, it's about uh, staying positive. I stripped down my skill set and really looked at uh, what I had to offer outside of this industry. But uh, take a good long look at what you have to offer, accentuate that, and try to sell it. And that's it. There's opportunity out there. The sales side's a little challenging right now unless you want to sell life insurance. I got plenty of opportunities in life insurance, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, so the sales side's a little bit challenging, but you're better than that. You got more to offer than just sales. So take a look, a look at what you know, what you do, what your comfort levels are. Take a chance. Um, you know, I, I'm doing what I got to do to keep my family moving. And, uh, you know, throw your ego out the door and do what you got to do uh, to support your life and your family. That's all I can tell you. That's some, that's some dad level advice right there. Right. That's, dad, that's dad level. No doubt. You're welcome. <laughs> I think I can kind of dovetail off what you said, uh, Brett, is it's, it's a mindset of, of how you look at things. And there's so many people right now, and it's hard, don't get me wrong, but, but be proactive and have a more proactive stance versus a victim stance instead of, oh, poor, poor me, what am I going to do? Uh, you know, like he said, just get out there, do what you have to do for now. There's no shame in that. You got to deliver pizzas. You got to whatever you got to do. But, you know, figure out what you do best, what makes you happy. It's a unique, it's a unique opportunity that, are, that a lot of people aren't looking at that. Instead of saying, oh, well, this is all I know. I got to go back to that. Look at all possibilities. Do not close the door on anything and don't care what people think about it or what you think about it. Believe me, I had a hard time. I think, Roger, you were one of the first people I told when I'm thinking of leaving promo and I was like, well, what are people going to say? What are all my friends going to say? All my friends are in promo. Honestly, as much as we travel, all my friends are in the promo industry. I don't have any of that <laughs> that close to me because we travel so much, you know, geographically. Right. So don't, don't worry about what people think. Do what makes you happy. And it'll, it'll come to pass. Be, have the confidence in yourself to say, regardless of where you are, what age you are, what condition you're in financially, Every day you don't do what you're really supposed to do is another day you lost. And why lose any more days? You know, it's, it's the most long-winded way to say, just get started. There's no time like the present to start doing what you really love. And now is the time, much like the three of you are doing. And I give you all the credit in the world, man. And I look forward to seeing just the massive success that all three of you will achieve in the years to come. So thanks to all of you for coming and contributing. I think, I hope that people will find this to be valuable. And I'm sure there's other folks out there who are going through things very similar to what the three of you went through. So thank you for being willing to share your perspectives. Well, there you have it. I, gosh, so much to talk about in that particular interview. But prevailingly, though, I think if you take a 50,000-foot perspective on what got said by Brett and Tim and Dan, you know, there's been a lot of underlying structural concern in sales for a while now. And much the same way that COVID has accelerated the pace of change in other things, it's doing the same here in our discipline. So it's not incredibly surprising, but I think if you all didn't catch the uh, prevailing positivity and willingness to look on the bright side of things and not take it as a complete defeat 
and just figure it out and make it happen as quickly as possible. That's really what I took from all of this. And I hope you do the same. If you're in that same boat, know there are people around you that you can rely on. The importance of network was another big prevailing theme that came across during this discussion. And I think one of the things that we realize when we get into our 50s now is just what the value of our relationships can be in situations like these when we really need one another to lean on in times of trouble. So I hope you are in the process of making those phone calls yourself that Dan suggests, building your network and continuing to solidify your relationships and building more trust. Please share this episode around if you think there's someone who might benefit from hearing what other people are going through. And please subscribe and share the podcast so that we can continue to bring you high quality program like the one that we brought you today.